We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. First show in 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA across all platforms. Keith, uh, let me let me start with this. Were you awake when the clock struck midnight? I was, uh, surprisingly. I finished watching games and then hung out with the family, watched some people perform songs that i don't know and i don't know them and then we uh watched the clock strike midnight and then i went to bed i was telling my wife like i'm flipping through and, and uh they they brought up a, a few different artists and she's like who is this i said i have no idea i don't <laughs> yep. know then like they, there was one I, I think green day did something I'm like okay i know them yeah <laughs> i know i know green day the other ones i'm like i have no idea who this is but this is awful <laughs> yeah i yeah between that and our daughter running around trying to piece together clues from Taylor Swift that all the Taylor Swift fans thought there was like something about she's going to release the next Taylor's version album and all this stuff and everything. Like I've, I've rarely felt older in my life and there we were, but you know, it ended on a good note and, and weirdly enough, like I slept into almost nine on uh, the first, which I never do. Like I am almost like clockwork up between 5.30 and 6 at the latest. Uh, it's just, I think, years upon years of getting up at that time. But I slept in until almost 9, so it was, it was a nice start to the new year. That's a, that's a great way to kick things off. Um, I, I was up. I'm regularly up past past midnight. My bedtime is usually somewhere around like 2 or 3 a.m., somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I pretty low-key evening for me. Listened to some fireworks go off, hung out with my with the pets and all that kind of stuff, and we did our How thing. How do the dogs and, do? Uh, they they did they did well, which did you know the pup. This is her first like experience with this kind of stuff, and she had no problems with it. And our older dog didn't have any issues with it either. So that was so we were we were relieved because we weren't quite sure how she was going to react. Yeah, ours. Um, it's funny we live very close to Disney, and the Disney fireworks don't no no phase do not phase them at all like nothing they think because they hear it every night but like the ones in the neighborhood they lose their minds and absolutely yeah. hate it and my thing was it was like all right cool new year's eve like let's go crazy like do your thing like it's fine but then it was like started on the 30th and then i carried it in the first and oh. it's like all right enough like we're, we're we're good now let's all be be done with this and let's all move on 
Uh, you, you need to get out on your lawn and yell at people. I know I might have to yell at some clouds out there. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got, we've got plenty of NBA news to get into. Gosh, I, I'm so, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one who had no idea who the artists who were performing were that, that does yeah. make me feel better, Keith. Um, I, maybe it shouldn't, <laughs> maybe you, it should. you know, we'll, we'll have to, you have to get your uh, Lakers nation cohort and our draft night, buddy, Sean, uh, to explain to us who some of these, I w- are. will have to, it's, it's so funny that, you know, the, He'll he'll bring somebody up, and I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking. But then again, when I talk about it, he doesn't know what I'm talking yeah. about either. So it works yeah. great. It, it works yeah, great. We've, we're both just we've hit that point totally where our, our music is now the oldies, right? And that's it like, is just brutal. <laughs> it is indeed. Speaking with you, know, my my wife actually got me tickets. Got us tickets um, for the summer to go see Green Day and the Smashing Pumpkins and Rancid. Nice. I'm very excited for that. Uh, being that that's that's our generation, Keith. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, no doubt. All right, and that's another one that's part of our, our generation, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. There you go. I saw no um, doubt open for three eleven once. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a good one. Back when like nobody knew who no doubt was, it was in yep. uh, Providence, Rhode they, Island. Oh, that was in Rhode Island. I was going to say, was yeah. that back when you were in California? Your Cal State yeah. Fullerton area days for no doubt, but I guess that's yeah. that was before your time there. Yeah, yeah, Pro- Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, no doubt open for three eleven, and everybody was like. Who like because she was gorgeous, so we were all like, Who is this? Like, who who is this band? And yeah, because there this was them not afraid to admit I'm old enough that like you didn't just pop on the one, there was no phone to just look things up nope. on, and like the internet was like barely around, so you're just kind of starting to figure stuff out. So yeah, yeah. The uh, Strand in, Theater, I think it was called in Providence. Back in the day. Back in the day. I'm sure it's no back longer in the day. All right, enough of a trip down memory lane. Uh, Pascal Siakam, is he the next Raptor to leave Toronto? Is that what's going to happen? And then what happens to him contractually? Like, I know we're past the 30th year. So a team acquiring him, can can they even really extend him? Like, how how is all of this going to work? And what does that do to his trade market? Yeah, so for Siakam, if he's traded now, a team can extend him, but they can only give him a minimal raise. It's a 5% raise off what he makes now. He is at, I just looked it up, it was about $37.9 million. So he can get a 5% raise off that. So call that's about another 1.8-ish million you know, that, that he could uh, bump up there. So very minimal raise for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough that he would do it. It can only be two years too. The reason for that is they limit that to the uh, duration of the extended trade. So that's what a player can get in an extended trade. And then everything else would have to wait a minimum of six months. Well, six months from now, we're into the new league year. So so chances of him extending are pretty much out, out, out unless it's with the Raptors. The Raptors could still extend him. They could still give him the 40%. Um, off the salary makes now, which should get him up, you know, to a max level deal. Uh, and then the 8% raises off that, give him four years and kind of move forward. So, hey, the, the 30th extension deadline was a that was always a thing to me of a kind of a nebulous thing of December 30th because mm-hmm. it really didn't make a lot of sense unless they were going to turn around and trade him right then. And they didn't. So now it's either extends with the Raptors or he gets traded somewhere. And that team has to feel really, really good about one of two things. Either he lifts us in a title contention. We don't care if he leaves as a free agent because maybe we win a title. Or the second thing is we can get him signed long term as a free agent this summer. 
Why why is it structured structured that way? That a team that acquiring him would be acquiring his bird rights. Why are they incapable of extending him while the Raptors would still be able to do that? Yeah. So what they did was they closed the loophole in the CBA where it used to be you could trade a guy and then you could give him the exact same things. Now what they do is they match you to the extended trade rules. So in an extended uh, trade, if it happens like immediately as part of a trade, you're limited to you can add two years onto the contract and you can do a 5% raise. So extended trades are extremely rare. We very rarely see them come into play. It was like Carmelo Anthony. I think Kevin Garnett was an extended trade back in the day. But you're talking, that's how long ago it was, right? Those were deals that happened 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, in the Garnett case, the Anthony case was, it's got to be close to probably probably that same range, right? I'm guessing. And in yeah, that same like range-ish. Um, so that is uh, very rare that we see those. Occasionally we've seen ones where a guy gets moved, then he extends after, but it's in the within the extended trade amount. So what they do is if you do the trade, um, you can extend and trade for that, or you get a six-month restriction, which can't. That's why OG and Anobi, some people got a little confused on the live show. And thank you, by the way, to everyone who tuned in and watched that live show. Yeah. That's one of the bigger live shows we've done, especially considering it was on a Saturday afternoon uh, on uh, you know New Year's Eve weekend with yep. no notice. Like huge how many people came out and then have watched the replay as well, which is really awesome. Um, but what we talked about with OG and Anobi that there was a little bit of confusion on was we talked about there being like this six-hour window. The six-hour window was just free agency is open and guys can still extend. It's not really a window for Ananobi. Ananobi all the way now forward with the Knicks because he's got to wait six months on the, the 30th of December, he can then extend. But the minute it's the minute it clicks over to the 30th um, of, of uh, June, he can extend, but it's just that six hour crossover period where free agency is open. Guys are still signing extensions like Nikola Vucevic, Nas Reed, a handful of guys last year. It's like, is this a new contract that they're agreeing to? Is this an extension? What is this? It's always a little bit odd, but, but that's just, you know, what, what's going on with a guy like Ananobi as well. So to make sure I understand this correctly here. So when, so Ananobi can't extend with New York until June 30th. He could extend right now, but it's but the for, same for less. Thing. It's the same, very limited. For less. Definitely not right. enough money for him to extend. For five percent of what he makes is you know barely enough to get him even remotely interested. It'd be like you know one point two million or something. But once he gets to June thirtieth, it can go up by the, by the amount that he would want to see. Yeah. yeah, and his is weird because it's June thirtieth. So then it's, do I wait or do I wait a another day and then just sign a free right. agent contract right. like that that's the whole thing with him and by then he you know hey, anybody watches the show trevor and i don't get all worked up over tampering stuff except in extreme cases it is tamp it, yeah call it tampering but they'll know hey this team's ready to make you a huge offer in free agency or not mm -hmm. and they'll know where they stand with the knicks so it'll either be yeah I'd get extend and get it done that way or sign it really doesn't make a difference functionally for what the Knicks can do cap space wise or any of that stuff. None of that changes. Nothing really matters with that. It's just the, the uh, parameters around which he resigns, if that's the way it goes. So I, I think that this could be kind of like the guys I think of are, are Robert Covington, our Nas Reed, where 
where the extension gets done in the case of OG Ananobi, and we'll get back to Pascal Siakam in a moment, but uh, the extension gets done on June 30th and you see maybe something is given up. Maybe it's a player option in the final yeah. year. Maybe it's it's something like that. And essentially what the way I look at it as the team is giving the player a little extra something to not listen to anybody else when free agency starts. Because otherwise the player can say, well, you know what? I'm really interested in staying, but once free agency starts, if other teams come, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And and mm -hmm. so you, as the incumbent team, you give up a little bit extra to make sure that they never get to that point where they hear out anybody else. Yeah, that's a great point because what you could do is you could even say, all right, we had you pegged at 25, we'll give you 28 million. That, yeah. That's the you know, way we do that. Or like you said, yeah, player option, or maybe there's a structure with upfront payments and there things like that. Yep. And we're going to do it that way. That, that could be all the kind of little bells and whistles that could be thrown in there on an extension though those could all be uh definitely major things that that get thrown in for that a trade bonus too right it could be mm -hmm. all right we'll give you the full 15 percent trade bonus or whatever it is just so that way yeah you never actually become a free agent and you can't even have those legal conversations but just being a grown-up and a realist he'll already know is t-max sitting there with a 30 plus million dollar offer yes. is the team willing to go to the max i i think where the negotiations get really interesting is for a guy like Ananobi because he's not a no-brainer max guy. He's not somebody you're definitely saying, all right, 42 million out of the gate. Let's go. go. That's not really you know, where we're at with, with him. He's a very, very good player, but that's probably not where this is headed. So that becomes a much more interesting situation than just no-brainer max guy is like, well, that's easy, right? The other team can offer X, the other team can offer Y, and now you pick which one you want. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Going back to Siakam, um, we've heard kind of the old standbys, the Kings, the Hawks, the Pacers, yeah. the Warriors. Uh, Mark Stein had Dallas, but was like, I don't know but, that he would. He kind of threw cold water on it a little. You know, maybe right. the Mavs are interested, but they're probably not going to go crazy trying to get him. But clearly there'll be a market for Pascal Siakam. He's a very good player, a uh, guy who can really – fit on a whole bunch of teams, all those teams that were just mentioned for sure, and a handful of others. The Hawks become a little weird because they, they've got to balance their, their cap sheet somehow. So maybe this is one where we send DeJounte Murray out in another trade. Maybe like a three-team deal or something? Trade. Yeah, it could be a three-team deal. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then Siakam goes. could be something like that. Is it time, do you think, for, for Toronto to part ways, or should they – Tried to extend. I mean, the pieces they got, like Emmanuel, quickly looked pretty good in his Raptors mm -hmm. debut. I mean, they they've they didn't go the with the draft capital. We're gonna bottom out route here. They added pieces that can help them win games right now. Yep. I don't think they necessarily have to move Siakam. What, what do you think is the best path for them? Yeah, so they're thirteen and twenty after last night's win. They are a game and a half out of ten. They're two games out of nine after that it's like five games out so you're starting to talk a little further they're, they're they are in 12th so they would have to get over the hawks to move up so still in range of the play-in tournament i guess the question mm -hmm. needs to be do we want to be a play-in team yeah like how important is that for us because i don't think they're looking at it as like i'm going to continue to use the lakers and heat examples of we're good teams we had a lot of guys out we kind of fell into this versus this is where we are that was 
those teams investing in their rosters made a lot more sense a year ago because they felt good of, hey, even if we're in the playing tournament, we could probably still make a run at this. And then yeah. obviously proving out that they both did. I think the Raptors, you'd have to be very realistic of, even if we do get through the couple of playing games, are we going to really beat Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia in the first round? Probably not. And then that becomes where are we going with this? So I think it probably is, even though they, they seemingly put this deadline at December 30th, I think you continue to see, hey, where are we at extension-wise, Pascal? What are we willing to do? And if something works, you go. And if something doesn't work, then what you do is you you go you out go. and find the best deal for you. Yeah, then you go. Exactly. <laughs> then, then you, you go. Really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, the Raptors, again, even with the OG and Anobi trade, which, by the way, we gave the Raptors a lot of flack for not getting stuff done in years past. Here they are. They opened the, the floodgates, hopefully, on the trade market. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, they may have more moves in them here with Pascal Siakam. We'll see ultimately what happens. Maybe we'll bring uh, Luca on later on this week, Luca Rosano, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, to talk a little bit about the, the Raptors side of all of this. Maybe um, get a I know he's games in, right, and see how they've looked. Yeah, Which absolutely. I know yeah. Keith, that that trade went down, and I messaged Luca and I said, "Whoa, this is a this is a big trade." And he said, he said, I am so sick right now. So of course this happened oh. to me. Isn't that the worst? So he, he had to yeah. gut through it. Yeah. That's like not, worse than being like away. And you can't yeah, right. Yeah. You know, at least if you're away, you're like, well, there's nothing I can do. Like being sick is yeah, then it's like, let me drag myself in front of the mic and right. I'll look like death warmed over and we'll figure it out. So yeah, brutal. Get By the better way, guys, go up. check out. Go check out Raptors Nation for all their analysis. He does a, a, a great job over there. Really um, does. All right. Let's get to this. We talked about the resting rules over the summer and how the NBA was instituting these, these new policies, trying to prevent players from sitting out games and, and teams from you know pulling shenanigans. Uh, the Nets are now being investigated because of what we talked about the other day. Keith, last week you and I talked about how Mikhail Bridges was not thrilled uh, with his minutes, there was the game where he only played in, in a quarter and then they sat him and it was, you know, they they thought he had played too much recently. They sat and they completely sat a number of players. And now the NBA is taking a look at them to see if they are breaking those rest rules. I believe this is the first example of it this year that's actually being investigated. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see we know. how this plays yeah. out. Yeah. And a lot of the guys, right. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was like the poster child for sure. these new rules and all that. And up until this which was a real injury, obviously, with his hip. Kawhi hadn't missed a game, hadn't rested a game, hadn't, yeah. hadn't just – he'd played in all. It was like the first 27 games or something like that. And, and if you have a real injury, it's different. So like that doesn't – you don't fall under the rest rules if it's yeah. you're hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's So this one is they played back-to-back games against the Pistons. They played guys longer than what Jock Vaughn said he really wanted to play. And then they got into this game with the Milwaukee Bucks. And just if anybody's wondering, like, is this really a big deal? Well, Dick Claxton, Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith all sat out. Uh, they they were inactive. They, weren't they, even they active punted. The game. Correct. And then of other regular rotation guys, of which there are three more, Cam Thomas, Mikhail Bridges, and Royce O'Neal were all done by the end of the first quarter. None of those guys played beyond that. So it was all their two-way guys, their deeper bench guys, guys like Noah Clowney and Dariq Whitehead, who were both 
first round picks, but have spent the bulk of the year uh, with the Long Island Nets of the G League. So they really kind of basically said, eh. Now, the funny thing was Milwaukee struggled through the better part of three quarters and then yeah. blew their doors off in the fourth and it became a runaway. But this is, yeah, the NBA is looking into it and saying, hey, you kind of, you know, basically punted the entire game with an entire roster. That was also part of this policy too, right? Was we don't want these games where no one plays. The old, that's the kind of coming down on the Warriors where the Warriors would sure. finish a road trip and then would send all five starters home uh, before the last game of the road trip. And then would just roll out whoever get crushed and call it good and move on. That was another big part of this. So I kind of get why the NBA's doing this. I'm going to guess now it's been a couple days. Maybe a fine comes, but it's probably it anyway. I don't know what else would come. I think you'd have to get do this a whole bunch of times before the league would really take bigger uh, punishments. But we'll, we'll see you know, where all this comes down. But it's at least, I guess, from fan side of it, it's good that the league's looking into it and saying, hey, wait a minute. We get a few guys played. And Jock Vaughn openly admitted Mikhail Bridges only played because of his consecutive game streak. Like he, he's like, I would have sat him too if it wasn't for that. So that's also another part of this is like, I don't know that this doesn't feel great all around. Yeah. And, you know, part of this too has got to be um, the the betting side of it, right? I mean, that's becoming a bigger, bigger thing. If the, if teams are saying, oh, yeah, a guy is playing that you're expecting to play 30 minutes or whatever, then he only plays a quarter. I'm not sure exactly what news was out ahead of the – if it was well-known ahead of time that he was only playing yeah, for a quarter. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was. That's where it also gets you know messy with all of this stuff. We've seen similar things happen in, in the NFL where a player is reported – in fact, it was with – I think it was with the Falcons and B. John Robinson – where a player's like, oh, yeah, he's going to play, and they don't report anything on the injury report or anything like that, and then, oh, no, wait, he's actually he's sick and he's not going to play. Well, that messes with all of the betting markets and, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's, well, it, it might be, I don't know, unseemly. It's That's that's part of this, too, is teams have to be forthright in what they're going to do with these players, and the NBA doesn't want them doing this where they just pull the plug. Now, as a fan of a team, if I'm a fan of the Nets, and I'm playing the Bucks, and there is a very slim chance of me winning that game, especially if I'm sitting some of my key players. I'm of the mindset, rest them all, right? Don't don't play any of your guys then. Save them for another day and then play them when you've got a shot to win. That's not a the best thing, though, for the for the entirety of the league. So uh, there's a little bit of, of a conflict there, too. Yeah, and you say that until you have tickets and it's like the only game you can go to. Yes, that's, that's a different story. It's like, man, and, and everybody gets it. If a guy wakes up and he's sick or a guy rolled his ankle sure. the week game before or whatever it is, you understand that. Or even if a guy plays and gets hurt, that's all part of it. Now, I do think, like, I, I followed the Falcons thing, and you're right, it was uh, B. John Robinson, um, even though I'm not really following the way I used to. I followed that story. Because I found it interesting, there is a level of competitive advantage too, right? Where especially sure. like football, it, it's a running back, so a little bit different. But let's say it was a quarterback, you prepare all week for one guy, and then it's like, yeah, he's not actually gonna play, and then we put the other guy in. That's like a long held thing that has happened, you know, for years and years and years in the NFL. And then you, mm -hmm. you so my fear is what's gonna happen is you're gonna have in all sports. It's going to be leaning towards, all right, have a guy active, and then we'll figure it out 
like they did with Mikhail Bridges, where it's play a quarter. And I saw like a large reaction when the news came out that they would be investigated. It was like, well, I bet Mikhail Bridges and Daily Fantasy and, you know, somebody owes me money and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, the think part of all of this is that's part of the risk you take, right? Like you're, 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 it's gambling for a reason. You're gambling that now, not only that a guy will hit just, uh, specific statistical benchmarks, but you're also gambling that they'll play enough to hit those at all. So it's yeah. a, it, it's a different, difficult place to be in. I get it. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump over to this one, a veteran, former NBA player, Goran Dragic retires. Uh, man, he wound up being great, didn't he? But was yeah. was behind Steve Nash for some time, and then and then kind of came into his own. And I, I always appreciate as a lefty myself. I always appreciated his, his left-handed game and just the craftiness that he brought. Um, it certainly was it was a very fun player for a long time. And, and there was a point where he was like, I don't want to say dominant, but he was really really good. Um, yeah. A very fun player to watch throughout his time in the NBA. I believe, dude. Did he? Was he one of the last guys that made an All NBA team without making the All Star team? Do it, oh, am he I may have. that up? He did. He made the 2013-14 All NBA team, and he did not make the All Star team that year. Um, that's how good of a close he had. That was that Phoenix team that won mm-hmm. like some absurd amount of games and didn't make the playoffs, if I remember right. Right. That, that was the team. Let's see. They went. Oops clicking on the wrong things here. You think I'd know how to use basketball reference, but your memory is better than 48 and 34 with that kind of stuff. Yeah. They went 48 and 34 uh, that year and did, did not make the postseason. So they, um, Western conference. Yeah. But yeah, hell of a career for him. Good international career, good national team career. I'll never forget that 2017 Euro basket that Slovenia Mm -hmm. won. He was a huge part of that along with Luka Doncic, you know, and that sounds crazy, but that was seven years ago this summer that that happened. And that was like kind of one of the big, like, wait a minute, this Luka kid, like, what right. is, he's really something here. But yeah, Dragic, you know, absolutely incredible career. Um, I, I said this on Twitter. I can pay him no bigger compliment than there were times going against him in big playoff games where he was absolutely terrifying. Whereas yep. like, he's going to make every shot. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's just going to be how it goes down. So uh, salute to him. He's going to do a uh, farewell game in Slovenia. My guess is will probably be with his club um, that, that he probably came up playing for, rooting for, or something like that. And then he's going to, going to call it a career. So, you know, yep. but re- really good one. Absolutely. All right, let's jump over to uh, this one. The Pistons, yeah. they finally won a game. They won a game. <laughs> and sure enough, did. Raptors fans were terrified it was going to be them. <laughs> And it was, it was them. Now they at least can fall back on. Well, we had a bunch of guys gone because of the trade that went down. So it was a depleted Raptors team, but nonetheless, the Pistons did snap their losing streak. They won a game and um, I don't know. Did anybody get wings from that? I I, got to imagine. I tweeted that. I hope they overordered wings (laughs) in the Detroit area wing stops because it was uh, something. So yeah, it's, I would imagine they must have people must have hit, hit them up. I at least hope they did. And then, in case anybody's wondering, they promptly went back to losing games and got drilled by the Rockets. Got, got blown out. Yep. The Thompson Twins' first game uh, against each other. First time they've ever played against each other. Um, in any really? like level. Yep. Yeah, they've always been on. They were always on the same youth teams and everything all the way up through. 
So that was the story. That's the first time they'd ever played a game against against each other. Well, um, so Detroit has won a game, but then they're right back to their losing ways. But I mean, they'll take it. They they won a game. You're good for a month. (laughs) You're good for a month. They won a game. They're good for a month now. They're good for a month. All right. Somehow, Uh, surprisingly, still only two and a half games behind or ahead, depending on which way you look at it, San Antonio Spurs. (sighs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Just win games. Speaking of the Spurs, they do apply for a disabled player exception. Uh, yep. Charles Bassey, we'll talk about that. In fact, you know, Keith, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've got, what, a couple of days till 10-day contracts become a thing too, right? We do, yeah. January 5th uh, is when 10 okay. days uh, become available for teams. Um, we're about uh, five days from when all contracts technically become guaranteed it's it's really january 10th but if guys aren't waived by the 7th their contracts become guaranteed because they have to clear waivers by the 10th so mm-hmm. so we're only you know five days out from that we are um only uh you know uh, three days out from 10-day contracts being available not a lot of open roster spots around the league and the teams that have roster spots open are probably not necessarily looking to fill them right now. It's teams like Chicago and Cleveland who are closer to the tax than I think they'd really like to be. New Orleans is already over the tax. They're trying to work through that. Golden State, Boston, they're both over the tax. So those are your only teams with open roster spots along with the Lakers, and we'll see Mm -hmm. what they do. But again, taxes of a concern just for now, only because you don't want to make things a little harder on yourself making a trade later then it needs to be. So as long as you don't have a glaring need because guys are injured and out and all this stuff, those I don't expect like a full run of 10 days right away out of the gate because most teams have full rosters. For the Spurs, uh, disabled player exception, Charles Bassey is out for the season uh, with the torn knee ligaments. What the Spurs is is interesting. He only makes 2.6 million. So this disabled player exception will only be 1.3 million. But what I said on Twitter about this was this is like you throw a tool in your toolbox, even if you don't think you may need it on the job. Yeah. 
you just have it just in case because you don't want to get somewhere and then be like, man, you know, I really could have used that, that, you know, uh, socket wrench and I don't have it. So now it's, all right, we've got this. And if we want to use it, it doesn't prorate like other exceptions do. So 1.3 million will be eventually more than what can be offered to guys on minimum contracts and those kind of things. So we'll see, but they don't have a roster spot. This is only a signing exception. Does it come with a roster spot or anything like that? So, so I don't, I don't think anything will come of it, but, but we'll, we'll see if that becomes a thing. Just, just worth noting that they do have it. They've got it. Now. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's it. Um, they also signed um, uh, Mamadi Diakite uh, to uh, a two-way contract. Uh, he, he was signed um, uh, this week because they also lost um, uh, Charles Bediaco, who played on a two-way for them and was playing with the Austin Spurs. He also has torn lig- knee ligaments, going to miss the rest of the season. So he was waived, and they'll, uh, they signed Diakite to fill in that spot uh, there. And they're, they're a little thin up front because Zach Collins is out two to four weeks with a sprained ankle uh, for them. He had recently moved to the bench because they put Wembenyama at the five. So we'll see, you know, if, if any of these guys get run. Dominic Barlow, who's one of their two-way guys, second year on a two-way, kind of an intriguing guy. He's played played well at the end of last season. He's been up with the, the big team and playing uh, some minutes because they're just, again, a little bit thin up front. All right. Now, the uh, we just talked about some players who are on their way out due to injury. We have some players who are returning. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was back in back in action. Zach Levine, might that matter for the trade market? He's getting back in action, potentially coming up Friday. Uh, Aaron Gordon, after dealing with the repercussions of a dog bite or bites, 21 stitches, I saw. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and Joel Embiid. His right hand, his shooting hand, and his um, face. And I thought his comment was good. He's like, it's the ones on my hand that bother me. I'm not out here trying to win any pageants. So I thought that was a pretty good thing. And in case anybody was wondering, he fully said it was was not the dog's fault. He was roughhousing with the dog. It got a little wild, and the dog bit down. And just if, hmm. if you've had a dog, you know, sometimes you, you get them a little too worked up when you're playing with them. And, you know, yeah. it can get a little sideways. Um, So Aaron Gordon on his way back, and then Joel Embiid as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, the reigning MVP, that's a, a big deal. But good to see, I mean – big names that are that are going to be back in action here to kick off the new year. So that's that's great to see around the NBA. Uh we always we always say turn off injuries Adam Silver, please. Turn that go into the settings, shut them off so whenever you see guys that are coming back, um it's all it's always a good thing. And I'm I'm uh I'm using the very loosest definition of the term here, but four guys on postseason teams because Levine's technically team is in the play in tournament right now. So, so we'll count go. it with the other three guys on good teams uh, there. And it's, you know, yeah, big, big names, getting healthy, getting back. And we, Lord knows we spend a lot of time talking about guys going out. So it's good to talk about a whole host of guys coming back from injuries as well. Absolutely. All right. Let's see here. We do have this miles McBride was extended by the Knicks. So that ultimately got done. Now, that is, what, just a $13 million deal. So this is a value contract for the Knicks, potentially. If he can be a rotation player for them for the foreseeable future, that, that's good money there. Yeah, Miles McBride is stepping into, potentially, into the role that uh, Emmanuel quickly uh, vacated with the trade. So McBride has been kind of the, like, fifth, sixth guard for the Knicks. Now he's stepping into being, like, the fifth guard uh, for the Knicks, maybe even the fourth. It kind of depends on what you consider Josh Hart to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they like to have one other guy to play 
it's like eight, 10 minutes, but 4 million a year for eight to 10 minutes. That's fine. Right. That's perfectly fine. It's also a contract because again, they've signed them early enough. They'll be able to trade them over the summertime. If they need to, if you need to throw 4 million more into a deal or something like that, the Knicks will be able to do that. And they'll be able to get McBride in, into a trade uh, down the line. And who knows you know, where that'll go with the Knicks. So that gives you a little bit more flexibility for the summer by yeah. getting this done now. And so that is more work done by, by the Knicks. Um, speaking of them, they are not expected to go out all out for Donovan Mitchell. Now, from what the Cavs have said, Donovan Mitchell is not even going to be on the trade market. Yep. So, But obviously, right now, we're still in the time of year where teams put out what's going to be most beneficial for them. Of course, the Cavs want to say, no, 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 we will never trade Donovan Mitchell until a team calls up and offers something that they want. Um, the same thing with uh, with opposing teams. They should be saying, nah, we're, we, we would definitely not go all in. We like the team we have now. That's the message you want to send. And then maybe you're going, hey, how much, how much would it really take to get him? Um, but as of right now, I'm not expected to go all out for Donovan Mitchell. I, I would imagine though, Keith, if Donovan Mitchell really hits the trade market, whether it's now or this summer, there are teams that will go all out for him. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I would think the Knicks would be involved. We know they were involved yeah. previously uh, to some extent. They didn't go all out last time uh, for Donovan Mitchell. Cause they didn't get him. He ended up with the Cavs instead so we'll see what it looks like. The Nets have also been mentioned. There's just the rumors won't go away that he wants to go home. He wants to play in New York. That's where he's from. Mm -hmm. That that's what he wants to do. I have seen some stuff though that's floating around. Donovan Mitchell is not a free agent this summer. He can't nope. even be a free agent. He has one more year left under full contract uh, next season. Then it's in 2025. He has a player option for 37.1 million. So. He's got another whole year left. So that's why the Cavs are probably looking at saying, we don't need to move right now. We need him. Darius Garland is hurt. We're still trying to be a good team. Evan Mobley obviously is out as well. But we need Donovan Mitchell right now. We're trying to be a playoff team. We're trying to be a good team. We need to keep him on this roster. And I think what turns into is, let's see how this year plays out. You, you start the loose extension con uh, contract discussions going into next summer, then it becomes Mitchell's like, nah, not interested. Don't want to do any kind of extension. Don't even want to talk it. Then mm -hmm. that's when you start having the conversation of, all right, do we need to think about moving him? Right. It's not, it's not dissimilar to the same stuff I repeated with like Jalen Brown a year ago, which was right now you don't need to do anything in the summertime. If he's eligible for the super max, or if he's sending any kind of indications of, yeah, this is definitely my last year here then you have to at least explore what's out there for you, especially if you're the Cavs. You're not close enough to saying we need them because we're a title contender. We're right there to win a championship. You can't do that. So you need to at least have the conversation with other teams of what's available, what's out there. And then that's how you start to drive the bidding war, drive the price up, get yourself a bigger return, and off you go. And hopefully you recoup some of the value you sent out for him in the first place or you play well enough you play really good and maybe he says no i'm happy here let's have the extension conversation let's yeah. go and maybe that's the way it plays out but this is a situation where while he's not a free agent this summer he's close enough to being a free agent we're talking about a year and a half from now that should the Cavs, should he put forth the hey i'm not going to go for an extension he will be able to and maybe not as much right now by this trade by by this summer 
he will be able to steer his Correct. destination to some degree, unless kind of like we talked about Pascal Siakam, unless it's a situation where a team just says, you know what? If we get him for a year, we get him for a year. Let's go try to win a championship this year, and then we'll see what's what next year. That's always possible. But most cases, teams are going to say, hey, if we have to give up all of this stuff in order to get this guy, we want to be sure that we can keep him. And then if he doesn't want to go to that team, he can say, well, you know what? I'm probably not going to stay. You guys can trade for me. I'll play for you for a year, but probably not going to stick around. That usually scares some teams off. So that will be a factor in this if the Cavs are put into a spot where they they need to move him. Donovan Mitchell will have some ability to direct his landing spot. Yeah, exactly. And that's, again, that's why I say this summer, everything changes. This year mm -hmm. at the trade deadline, I, I would, you know, unless I'm blown away, nope, I got you. I'm going to keep you here for us. And Yeah, if a team comes in and says, here's a whole bunch of stuff and good young players and draft picks and all that, mm -hmm. and if you're Cleveland, you're like, ah, that probably does make us better in the next couple seasons, then you jump now. But I think this is probably, we're going to hear more about this when we get to July. Uh, then we're going to hear right now. I mean, I mean, maybe June, we'll see. But June, July, summertime, that's when we'll start hearing a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, Keith, I do believe that's everything for today. First show of 2024. <laughs> In the books. In the books. Did you In see tonight? We get Celtics Thunder tonight. It's Ooh. not a national TV game or anything. There's, there's no... I, I mean, I, if you count NBA TV showing the Bulls and the Sixers, but uh, yeah, Celtics Thunder tonight. That's a good one. That's about as good a regular season game as you're going to get uh, this year. So I am extremely fired up for that one. That is um, that is going to be fantastic. The Thunder are are a wonderful team. Uh, where is it being played? I don't know it off the top of my head. Oklahoma City. Okay, that that may be a factor in this, right? I mean, yeah, you've got two teams be, that are yeah, this good. Yep. That could that could wind up being a factor, but this is going to be uh, quite the battle. That'll be an exciting one, definitely to watch. Let's see, Oklahoma City and the line is actually Celtics by four and a half. Okay, the line. so hey, I, I we'll see. But it's uh, yeah, that, that should be should be a really fun one. I did a did a little tweet. I tried it every month. I check all the teams um, where they rank in offensive rating and defensive rating. Uh, mm -hmm. Boston. In the Thunder are two of four teams that are top 10 in both offensive rating and defensive rating. Think you can yeah. guess the other two? That's typically the stuff champions are made of. Uh, you got to be top 10 in, in both those things. Um, so it's the an Thunder east team and, and a West team. Oh, an East team and a West team. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota because they've been so good. I know Denver would be the knee jerk, but I'm going to say the Wolves because I know they're top 10 defense. I think their offense has been good enough. And uh, East, I don't think the Bucks defense has been quite good enough. The Pacers haven't been good enough there either. Is it a team like like Miami sneaks in there somehow? It's not. It's a, it's another good team. They, I think we're all a little semi-skeptical because they've been destroying a bunch of bad teams. Yeah. Is it Orlando? No, it's Philly. It's Philly. It's Philly. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but in the I, think, I think over the last week without Embiid, I, I – sort of banished the 76ers <laughs> from my mind. But yes, I should have landed on the 76ers. West, no you question. should have stuck with your gut. It's Denver. Um, so Boston is, it? is... I thought it was going to be yeah. a trick there. I thought Denver was going to... They missed Jamal Murray for that stretch. I thought they were going to drop out of the top 10 in one of those categories. Yeah, Boston is uh, second in offensive rating, third in defense. Sixers are third in offense, sixth in defense. The Thunder are sixth in offense, fifth in defense. And the Nuggets are eighth in offense, seventh in defense. Yeah, makes so, sense. 
there's five teams, probably all the five teams you could maybe guess that are at the bottom 10 in both jazz, mm-hmm. wizards, hornets, pistons, spurs, mm-hmm. uh, teams that are really good offensively, but not so good defensively. Pacers, Hawks, Knicks, Mavericks, the Bucks are out of that now. Their defense is starting the trend towards the other way. And then I'll give you a guess on two teams. They are in the top 10 in defense, but in the bottom 10 in offense. The Lakers. Yep, the Lakers are, are one of are, them. Yep. Are one of the two. I know that. I've looked at that quite a bit. So yep. bottom 10 offense, but top 10 defense. You mentioned them before. Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Flip it. So I was gonna. I went to the Pacers, but you said bottom ten offense. Yeah. Top ten defense. Okay. Yeah. So then, is it the uh, the Miami Heat? It's Orlando. Oh, it's Orlando. I said it back. Yep. Oh, yes. I should have got yep. that one. See, yeah, if I Orlando's... have an extra couple of minutes to look through all the teams, then I'll think of it. <laughs> Orlando second in defense, twenty third in offense. Lakers are ninth in defense, twenty fourth in offense. Yep. I. I know you're closer to it. You cover them every day. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised the Lakers were quite that low. I knew they weren't top 10 offensively. I thought they were probably hovering more around 15, 16 to be 24th. That was that was pretty surprising to me. But then when I dug in a little bit more, yeah, it's pretty much LeBron and AD and then hope for the best. Sometimes it's Austin Reeves. Sometimes it's Torian Prince. Occasionally D'Angelo Russell, but it's, yeah, it's not good. The the rest, the guys they paid over the summer have all largely disappointed either for large, either for stretches or for the entirety of, of the season so far. They've had shooting slumps. They've had injuries. Rui Hachimura keeps getting hit in the head. Um, and now he has a calf strain. Uh, it's been, yeah, the, the rock solid supporting cast that the Lakers were hoping to have this year has been anything but rock solid. So, that's, well, we're uh, less that than will two do weeks that. from Lakers trade season unofficially opening. Uh, if, That's if right. Will. When they can start trading some of the guys they signed over the summer. We're two weeks out. So we got a lot of important dates coming up here. We mentioned the 10-day contracts, contract guarantees. We've got January 15th. Basically, everybody who's going to be tradable will be tradable uh, by then. And then we're we're a little, only a little over a month, five weeks out from the trade deadline, which is you know, crazy that we're already here um, in this season, but it is coming fast. Like I was looking at it, like teams are already like we're almost to the halfway point of the regular season already. Like, crazy, huh? Yeah, I mean this season just feels like it's whipping right by, you know, very very quickly. So, but yeah, we're 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 excited. This is the time. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's your time. This is when we get into all the good stuff here, and mm-hmm. we promise you, if there's big trades and we're able. We'll go live as quick as we can and break them down like we did uh, this past weekend with OG Ananobi. And again, said it earlier in the show, but it's worth repeating. Thanks, thanks, thanks to everybody who uh, joined in and is, uh, hey, Hank, you know, hung out with us for quicker live show than we usually do because uh, we both press for time at the time of day it happened. But we had a lot of fun breaking it down. We love all that stuff. We'll be live at trade deadline day. We'll talk about that more as it gets closer. We have a ton of fun on trade deadline day and every year we're like man like it's gone kind of quiet and then they NBA so far since we've been doing knock on wood they have delivered deliver. uh, every year as, as we get closer to the trade deadline so su- super excited for all that to, to come here over the next month or so for sure it's an exciting time of year so again like he said make sure you do subscribe to the nba front office show here on youtube don't forget to follow us over on apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to podcasts as well Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe.